Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Hello to all my event professionals out there. Welcome back to another episode of Trade Show University, where we're going to continue to learn. And I'm so glad that even at this time of the year, right now when we're releasing this episode, it is right in the mix of the holiday season. So I'm glad you're still wanting to be a student, even this time of year, as we're gearing up towards 2022. It's going to be an important year for the event industry and all the businesses that rely on events and trade shows and conferences and expos both virtual and live and in person, as part of your marketing mix. So really, really honored that you're back here one more time listening. And make sure you are subscribed to the email newsletter. You don't miss any of the additional tips that I give in the newsletters, as well as you get access to special promotions and more. So just get over to tradeshowu.biz. That's tradeshowtheletteru.biz. And right there on the homepage, just drop your email address and you'll be subscribed. It comes out once a week, let you know about the latest episode and so much more. Plus, as a free gift, I'll give you the top 52 trade show tips. So if you have not gotten those yet, please get over there and subscribe. Really pleased today to have on a very special guest, Mia Masan, who is with SwapCard, one of the leading virtual event platforms and hybrid event platforms out there. And she's going to be talking about two different topics, both hybrid events and building communities. So you have that 365 day a year constant flow of engagement with your audience. So you are going to love Mia and you're going to love her content. But before we do that, let's hear a word from today's sponsor, Design Pod Studio. You know how a lot of small businesses need someone to handle marketing and graphic design, but they just don't have the bandwidth or the budget to hire someone full time? If that sounds like you, then you got to check out Design Pod Studio. Design Pod Studio is a creative agency made up of award-winning designers. They're an affordable, outsourced team that acts just like the in-house team. They can help you increase your visibility and sales while helping build an image to match your mission. So if you're a small or medium-sized business, you don't have the resources to bring someone on full-time, like a marketing manager or a graphic designer, they can help fill that need for a fraction of the cost. Get over to designpod.studio, or even better yet, email hello at designpod.studio. Tell them that you heard them on Trade Show University, and you get a free one-hour consultation with the owner, Jess Adnich, who is amazing. Because at DesignPod, they help you follow signals and make waves. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is going to be an amazing episode because we're going to be talking about a couple of really, really critical topics for the long-term sustainability of events 
both virtual events and live events. And those topics are hybrid events and also building community. And to discuss these topics, I have Mia Masson, who is the content director at SwapCard, an all-in-one virtual and hybrid event and community platform. Mia lives in Paris and has four years of experience in planning and writing about events. She loves to create content and build communities. Mia spends time reading, listening to podcasts, and donating to charity organizations in her native South Africa. Mia, thank you so much for joining and welcome to Trade Show University. Thanks for having me, Jim. I'm really excited to be here and I'm excited to be part of the Trade Show University world. <laughs> well, we are just delighted to have you on. Let's dive right in. Let's start talking about, let's, let's, let's start with hybrid events because We've seen the live events are coming back, the in-person events are coming back, but there's still a lot of, of virtual-only events. And that's where I'm, I'm seeing a lot of events that were, they were planning a virtual, now they, okay, now we're gonna be doing live, and they kind of give up the whole virtual part. But there are some that are embracing the whole hybrid. So t t let's talk about hybrid, and why are they so important, and what, what's the buzz? What's the buzz that you're hearing around hybrid events? Great question. There is definitely a lot of buzz around hybrid. I would say it's a love or hate situation. Some people, some event organizers are embracing it fully and going all out in, in this new business model of hybrid events. And others are just completely put off by the term. I guess it's a very polarizing term and I'm not sure why. My theory is that uh, people just... Are, are having trouble with change. But what I would like to impart is that hybrid is really just a temporary term that we've come up with as an industry to make sense of the chaos going on around us right now and to find a term that can really just describe one new thing that we're trying. But it by no means boxes a certain type of event into, you know, a label or anything like that. For me, hybrid can mean whatever you want it to mean. People think, oh gosh, I'm being told to run a hybrid event. That means I must necessarily run two events at the same time, one virtual and one on-site. Who said that? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily at the exact same time. It can be a delayed hybrid where you have an on-site event with people physically present, and then you can record everything and make it accessible after the fact on the same platform. Or it can be done beforehand. You could have networking opportunities before, during, and or after. I mean, there's so many different possibilities. Another one is um, a very exciting event that's happening actually in Paris today. And it's the ICA um, ICCA convention. And there's a hub and spoke model in place. So there's a hub in Paris. There's a hub uh, somewhere else in, I think, no, I don't want to, it might be in Asia. I can't remember, but the main event is happening in Colombia and there's different hubs around the world where people are meeting in smaller groups uh, and doing watch parties of the main content and still networking in person and virtually. There are so many different ways that hybrid could look it's all about designing it for your audience. Each event planner knows what their audience needs. So I would say don't jump on the bandwagon and try and do what everyone is saying just for the sake of it. Really think about what your audience needs and wants 
And if it can benefit them to add a virtual aspect and make it more accessible, then go for it, but do it on your own terms. I love what you're saying because I think there are so many show organizers and show show planners that are stumbling over that. They're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I've got to have two teams at the same time and we've got to coordinate everything and it's got to happen at the exact same time. I love that because all of a sudden you're getting people's wheels spinning in new directions to say, oh, maybe I can have it. I can... I could record everything. I could edit it, make it more succinct, more more uh, pointed and directed, and then we could have this after this hybrid event or the, uh, the virtual component that is afterwards or even before, and then incorporate things in different ways. And also that hub and spoke model. I love that. That's that's so amazing to think that you could have these smaller in-person events because at the end of the day, in-person is where we really can truly make uh, amazing connections. And we, we need that energy of uh, being around other people. So so that that's great. You've got given a, a lot of a great different examples. But the thing that I really like that you said, and it seems like every single question, every dilemma in the event industry comes down to this, know your audience. <laughs> know your audience as long as you understand what your audience and what their needs are and what their desires are and then you can plan accordingly for that and you gave everybody the freedom to kind of breathe a little bit and say okay we don't need to be put in this hybrid box that we think it is but we can really brainstorm to come up with new and creative ways to delivering this content exactly You've hit the nail on the head. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So let's talk. Let's shift a little bit because I, I, we can go all day talking about hybrid events and how those should be structured and all that. But let's talk about giving some longevity to our events, whether that is our, our in-person, whatever that event ha- ends up being. And that is, you're, you're suggesting creating communities. So tell us a little bit about what does that look like and what are the benefits of creating a community around an event? All right. This is a big topic. We could talk about it all day as well. And it's something I feel very passionate about because I'm I'm building my own community with the, you know, under the Swapcard brand uh, of Evolve right now. It's an, a community of event planners and I'm learning so much. And the community knows that our team that's running it, uh, they know that they're guinea pigs and we're going through the motions and trying new things with them and they're happy to be in experiments. And then I'm sharing all my learnings. So this is coming from some of my learnings running my own community. Um, we, we did a bit of research in back in April this year on all kinds of 100% virtual trade shows and conferences at Swapcard. We analyzed 461 different events that all had over 1,000 attendees and over 300, um, oh, sorry, no, over 1,000 attendees. And then the ones that were classified as trade shows all had over 300 exhibitors or sponsors. It was all virtual. And there were some very interesting stats that came out of that. Really spoke to me. The stats said that extending the life cycle of your event is the very best way to increase lead generation for your exhibitors and sponsors and to boost ROI for them and for yourself as an, as a trade show planner. The, the, the data showed that in the days leading up to the event, so it might've been a week before or three or four days before the event actually started, 90% of the networking and lead generation was done on the virtual platform. Wow. During the event, because there were a few conference sessions, sometimes more than a few, because 
when you run a virtual event, the easiest thing to do is, is to make, you know, that education side of things polished and uh, well-produced. Attendees were really more interested in, in the education side of things and they weren't browsing exhibitor products and profiles and, and booths. They weren't reaching out and networking. They were just consuming content. And another interesting stat is that after the event, when we look at when the event stops, but the, the organizer leaves the virtual platform open, something like, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was between 44 and 46% of new incoming inbound business is missed by exhibitors and sponsors because they don't go back onto the platform once the event is over. And usually if they had a sponsored session during the educational programming part, or they had a good ad on the booth or on the virtual platform during the event, attendees would see that, finish their event, and then only reach out to the exhibitors they wanted to buy from or wanted to connect with. However, the exhibitors were not going back onto the platform and checking their messages. So 44 to 46% of messages went unread, unseen, and that was beautiful inbound leads coming to you on a silver platter. So the, the main conclusion from that whole study was that extending the life cycle of your event, and this was just with virtual that we proved it, but it naturally works for in-person as well. That's the only way to, to really boost everything. And when you think about extending the life cycle, there's no limits to, to what that could be. You could open the platform a month before the event and, and close it a month later but there's even more value in keeping it open all year long and not necessarily being extremely like uh, drowning your audience in content and emails and communications all year long, but giving them the opportunity to really take time to nurture their leads and to browse the, the marketplace and see who they want to invest in and then have some sponsored content, network with people, you know, it's, it just makes so much sense because during your, your two or three day physical trade show, people are so busy and so tired. Do they really have the time now to meet who they want to meet in such a short space of time? Oh my gosh. So many great points that you bring up there, especially around lost leads, lost opportunities. If you're not going back I mean, like anyone who, who left a virtual event and said, oh, that wasn't very good. And then if they were to find out that 40%, uh, you, they could add an extra 40% of new leads, new new inbound traffic, and, that, and they just missed it. Wow. But having that, uh, that open community uh, where you're creating uh, relationships, essentially relationships, new buying opportunities year-round, Wow, that's really a game changer and, and could definitely see huge opportunities there. Wow, just, uh, just really, really great. So how does technology, uh, other than just having this, uh, just the, the platform available, how does technology really play a key role in building a community versus just having content available for people to go consume? With a virtual platform that runs the whole year round and also facilitates those in-person meetups when you do have them, whether it's once a year or twice a year, you first of all, as a, as a trade show organizer, you would own your community in one space that is branded. There's no noise, nothing, you know, uh, distracting them like on LinkedIn when you see sponsored posts or, or different types of content. This would all be owned within your brand. And number two, 
it allows people to, to really come back to content and like Netflix, consume it at their own pace and their own time, even take notes, pause, rewind, go back to the interesting sessions they listen to. And it allows them to really take their time at evaluating members of that community, building those relationships. It's important to, to have that technological aspect because you can't meet all year long in person. That's just not going to happen. People travel once or twice a year to the big flagship event, but we're losing so much potential by not engaging them every other month of the year, whether it's through a small virtual webinar or a, an online roundtable networking session, or even a call to action for, for crowdsourced content, asking them what they want to hear at your next flagship event. There are so many different ways in which you can really engage them without them feeling like uh, you're using them for something, but rather feeling like they're getting value out of it. And technology is just the only way to facilitate, facilitate that year round when you know, you're building up that momentum to your flagship event. And it will never take away, as you said earlier, it'll never take away the specialness and the memories and the feeling of that in-person meeting. Nothing can replace that. But technology can assist it and complement it by making sure that community stays even more engaged all year round. So those, those three days a year are even more memorable. Yes, love that, love that. And I, I keep thinking about... I know in, in certain industries that I've been involved with over time, you have a lot of uh, a lot of shows. You have a spring show schedule, you have a fall show schedule, and there's a lot of overlapping. And you have to make a choice: which event do I go to? Which event am I going to be able to, you know, send my team to, or whatever the case is? But now you have the opportunity to know you didn't miss everything by not attending the big event because I could still go consume. I could still uh, jump into the virtual booths of the different exhibitors and see content and watch videos and download white papers and all these things on the time that's best for me and my team. And so we could still stay part of that community or build community, build relationships more than just one time a year. Just brilliant. A hundred percent, Jim. That is so, so true and so important. It gives you that accessibility. We know that it's been a really tough year in the events industry. And sadly, a lot of budgets have been cut. A lot of team travel budgets have been cut. People have lost their jobs. So what if somebody wants to attend this, you know, spring show or the autumn show that's happening, but their company doesn't have as big of a travel budget, so they can't send 10 people anymore. Now they can only send three people on site. How great to have that option to still send the other seven virtually, pay for a virtual ticket, which is usually cheaper. And also they don't have to pay travel, accommodation, insurance, everything. Or, you know, people are, are still a bit wary and uncertain about traveling. Maybe they want to travel, but they're just not comfortable yet. So either way, whatever the reason might be, there are still people that would really appreciate having that virtual access to the content and the networking and the booths that's going on at your event and why not give it to them? You know, it'll be better for everyone in the long run. Absolutely. This is great stuff. <laughs> and as, as we, as we round the corner to wrap up here, give us everybody the top one or two takeaways you want people to, to just grab and hold on to after they are done listening today. I would say the first one is because we're living in uncertain times, have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D ready 
and make sure your plan A isn't built on a rocky foundation for the moment because we don't know what's happening with travel restrictions and and the spread of of the virus. So rather be safe than sorry and make sure that you've got a backup plan and a plan that includes virtual access for everyone just for now so that we can all be safe and not lose any more money and not cancel any more events. And number two, I would say extend the life cycle of your event. Don't think that an event is just uh, opening on the day before and ending the day after and that happens twice a year. What's happening to your community between that time? Why wouldn't you go out of your way to try and engage them and keep them, uh, you know, in contact with your brand? Because we all know I'm in marketing and the funnel is very familiar to me, but people go from being, you know, first touch, first viewers of your content or your marketing, and they, they come slowly down the funnel. They interact with your content. They interact with your brand. Maybe then they attend their first event. Maybe then they attend a few virtual meetups in between, or they become a community member, they subscribe, they read your newsletters, then they start attending all your shows very regularly. And eventually they become clients or buyers or customers, but that's not the end of the funnel. The end of the funnel is when they become brand ambassadors for your brand. And you can only do that if you engage them the whole year and build that relationship of trust. And then you've reached marketing mecca because you have free word of mouth marketing from your brand ambassadors creating brand ambassadors that's what it's all about listeners oh and some great <laughs> great takeaways have the plan b c use all the letters of the alphabet make sure that <laughs> yes. you are planned and you are ready and but really the most important extend that life cycle and build your ongoing community so you can get more and more people into that funnel and help build more future brand ambassadors mia thank you so much those are great great takeaways and and thank you for the great conversation today before we go please tell us a little bit about swap card and if you want to throw in some information about evolve Thank you, Jim. Uh, I had a lot of fun speaking with you and I wish I could have, I could go on for two days. So you should just come to Paris and we should grab coffee and then talk about this all the time. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> so Swapcard is an all-in-one uh, platform for events and communities. And, um, you know, we're working with, with clients like IMEX uh, for their BuzzHub community. We're working with IAEE that I know is very familiar in this space as well. Um, and then we've got a lot of big conferences like South by Southwest, Informa. I mean, we've just got, you know, a, a great a great list of, of amazing clients that are like front runners in these industries and really uh, daring to, to trust us and, and go virtual and go hybrid and build communities. And um, it's a really fun space to be in right now. The events, the event tech industry is evolving at such a crazy pace. And I just said the word evolve, hence why our community is called evolve, because it's a word that's so relevant to what our industry is facing. Uh, evolve is a community that we created of event professionals from around the world. We, we have about 13,000 of them. And uh, it's just really a safe space for event profs to come and share and learn from each other and network without any promotional nonsense or marketing bull. <laughs> they they can really just interact with each other and share their thoughts and experiences and, and questions. So if you would like to find out more, just go to swapcard.com or reach out to me on LinkedIn at Mia Masson. And I will be sure to drop Mia's contact information and the Swapcard website 
into the show notes. So just jump into the show notes and check that out. Please connect with her. Mia, thank you so much. This has been awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time and, and giving us some ideas for getting our, our brains to think in new ways on how to extend our events and get better ROI for, for as a planner, as an exhibitor, as a sponsor. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. And I hope I'll see you in Paris soon. Oh, my goodness. I got my <laughs> wife. All right. <laughs> New road trip. So everybody continue to, to learn, continue to expand your horizons and keep coming back here to campus each week at Trade Show University. We'll see you next time. I sure hope you enjoyed and got value out of that episode with Mia Masan. And if you're getting value out of these episodes, please don't miss another one. It's going to affect you long-term in your ROI. Be sure, whatever podcast player you listen to the most, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, please be sure to scroll and find that subscribe button. Hit subscribe so you never miss another episode.